Hey there, welcome back to Marketing Matchmaker. I am super excited about this series that we're doing um, in this quarter. We're all we're diving into business owners' strategies. So I've got some really awesome, vulnerable business owners who are willing to just be honest about where they're going and what they're struggling with when it comes to their marketing. And then I'm going to help them create a strategy that can help them scale and grow their business. So today I have Jamie White. She's the vision for Believe Crew, which is a coaching company that focuses on individuals that are ready for healing, growth, and leadership development. After searching for years to solution, for solutions to her own challenges, she found the magic happened when she mixed healing, personal growth coaching, and leadership training. She went from being an accidental leader to an intentional leader. She also went from being exhausted, frustrated, and confused to energetic, joyful, and having clarity. Believe Crew is on a mission to help individuals heal, grow, and lead so they can help be healthy leaders with healthy relationships. Thank you for joining me today, Jamie, and for being willing to be open and honest about your marketing and what's going on in your business right now. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I think I mentioned to you that um, my husband and I have a podcast where we're super vulnerable as he overcame addiction. So if I can handle that, I think I can handle this, but I know being vulnerable about where we're at in business is a huge issue. So I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's, I, most people feel that way. It was why this podcast kind of developed in a, a, the series in a weird way. And I just kind of threw it out there, but I kept having people push back on mm -hmm. not wanting to admit what was going yeah. on in their marketing and that they might not be perfect, that mm -hmm. their Instagram or their Facebook or whatever social media they're doing is presenting. Yeah. Um, so I really, I love the ability to just let everybody out there know that you don't have to be perfect all the time, number Oof. one, and being able to be your authentic self in your mm -hmm. marketing and in your business really can help you to scale to that next level. So, yeah. So let's dive into your business. All so right. you've got the coaching collection, right? Which explain to people what that really means. Yeah. So the concept, the big vision is a little bit easier to see than where it's at right now. Um, because the big vision is that there would be say a hundred coaches making six figures or more. And there's like a thousand testimonials. Like we're making such an impact in people's lives because coaches are helping each other, you know, everyone working in their gifts and strengths and then, you know, working with other clients or recommending or referring people. And so it's like this internal community really. Um, but today that, that community is like five people, not a hundred. Right. <laughs> and yet it's already working from that perspective because one of our, um, coaches, I, I just find the idea of solopreneurship is very, very difficult for me to even, you know, conceptualize as how this is, it works for people like major, major props and kudos to anybody that is called to be a solopreneur because they do amazing work. Yeah, and yet one of our coaches has an issue where she really needs to take some time off. And yet she has clients that need to be helped. And so there were two of us coaches that were like, Hey, I can help with these clients. And the other one can help with those clients. And so the magic of what I was hoping is, is really happening within the community, even though it's on this super, super small scale right now. 
the micro <laughs> so, level. Yes. You get to start somewhere. We have to that, start where we are, hold space. <laughs> exactly. And it is a, a really, it's a unique perspective because I've found in the coaching space in general that they're protective would be a, yeah. a good way of their clients and of, you know, what's going on in their world and, and that kind of thing. So this is definitely a unique perspective to yeah, definitely it. really leaning on that abundance mindset and like leaning in and being like, do you really believe it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Cause it is, that is the fear, right. That someone's going to steal your client or mm -hmm. someone's going to, you know, um, make you lose a client, especially with that whole, I'm going on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of idea. Yeah. No, I've worked with coaches for about 18 months and then it's time for me to work with a different one. And sometimes I'm working with three at the same time. And so if I come from that perspective, they're not going to stick around anyway, even if I try right. and hold on to them, you know, there's a point where people, you know, where we're called to quit our jobs or, you know, quit clients <laughs> and we kind of hold on because of the fear that there's not going to be another one, or there's not going to be a better opportunity or whatever. And that's not what we're called to do. That's anyway, my perspective. I agree with that. I mean, even in the marketing world, I mean, the biggest mm -hmm. problem that most agencies have is churn, right? People stay yes. with you for X amount of time and then they're, they're off. And so you have two options. You can embrace the churn and understand right. that it's going to happen, or you can try and fight it trying to fight makes you <laughs> exhausted. And like, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with that perspective. So tell me how, how have you, what has your marketing looked like so far? Like yeah. what have you been doing? What's working and what's not working? Yeah. So first of all, just to kind of get a little bit more clarity on the bigger picture is that I want every coach to be able to work in their unique gifts and talents. And we're really called to work with coaches that don't want to build out their own sales funnels all the time. But yet at the same time, if they're called to work in their unique gifts and talents, I need them to become more visible and to be more, we're still going to have to sell. We're still right. going to have to market. It's part of business. Right? Yeah. And so- Believe Crew can do a certain amount of marketing and can, what we found is we can help people become more visible, be comfortable with becoming more visible, help on the process, but yet it's really a two-pronged approach. We can't do it all and we can't. So, so what's working super beautifully is when a coach comes in with us, I make introductions to people that are in my network that I'd love for them to meet. That helps them get comfortable having conversations with people, potentially giving them an experience of what it's like to work with them. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to convert to clients, but it's getting them, you know, comfortable in some new ways and some new areas. And maybe they do become clients, you know, like mm -hmm. I have had some where that's worked and some where not so much. And then the next piece is getting them visible on a podcast. It's probably the first podcast. I love asking questions and we even have coaches now give us a coaching experience of what it's like, you know, and I get to be coached for 10 right. minutes, something like that. Yeah. Um, but when they're vulnerable about their stories and when they really connect with people about why they're doing what they're doing. So those podcasts are starting to be shared once they share them on their social. Right. If I share the podcast, it's not getting much traction. We're right. not getting business. But when they turn around and put that video on a link on their website, and which they come in and they get a website page with us. So when they put the video link up on their website page, as well as when they share it on socials, it's converting to clients. Mm -hmm. And that's working. What's not working is like we've been doing content for six months to get to this point. Like if I thought that 
socials and social posts and creating content on social was going to convert to clients. Somebody, can somebody let the secret out of the bag? <laughs> I So here's the thing. It does. And <laughs> it takes a lot of yeah. and a lot of work to get to that point. So you have Oof. to be willing to, I mean, I've, I've seen clients that have created, you know, half a million to a million dollar businesses just on that social media kind of thing, but they are on social media 24 hours a day. Like they're in your DMs, they're posting, they're creating new content every day. They're posting two to three times a day. And Mm -hmm. so if that is not like you're within your bandwidth to do sustainable, yes. (laughs) And it's not for a lot of people, especially those coaches that are they're in what I, my business coach calls it entrepreneur witness protection program, right? Like, oh, I got to hear about this. Well, they're, they're just, they're not willing to put themselves out there, right? Oh, like, that's not going to work. They're, they're just a little, they're mm-hmm. scared. They're afraid of people, you know, saying whatever, like that mm-hmm. whole fear of, of, um, of your friends and family not supporting you, whatever that mm-hmm. might be, but they, they end up hiding. They don't tell people right. that they have a business it's not going to be sustainable. There's no way to get clients that way. You know, even networking, which I know you and I met through a networking group is fabulous and we love it. And it's not a sustainable way to scale. It's a great way to get started, but it's not a sustainable way to scale because- hundred percent agree. I've been, I've been networking like crazy and having, you know, follow-up conversations and I've met lots of amazing people and I have business besties and I have more people that are in my corner. I have power partners, but I do not have converted clients. Yeah. Very many. Let's just say it that way. Like it's a slow go. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's the thing, because then we're relying on other people to send us referrals when they think about us. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> Which, depending on how many people they network, we may be two, three, or four on their list of people to think about. What I've found is that I am a power partner for people. Like I send, if I think of somebody and I connect two people, I send out three emails after every person that I've connected with. And I'm like yeah. connecting them to two or three more people but not, but people aren't turning around and doing that for me for the number of connections that I've had. You would think I have, you know, if inbox full of referrals, I think I've had three (laughs) for the year, not, you know, every time they meet someone. And I think, I mean, there's a way to work that like things like, um, referral fees and, and Mm. things like, you know, paying people, because then you're more likely if they're going to get paid, they're more likely to think about referring you. Um, on the other side of that, it's just, again, it's not a sustainable model and whether or not those people are actually getting in front of your target audience is a whole different story. Right. Right. So no, that's a huge part of it because I've been in a lot of the quote unquote wrong rooms, you could say Mm -hmm. because of the business that we're building, I can go in multiple rooms and have it benefit believe crew overall, right? you know, whether or not it's the biggest benefit, but in some ways I've been in the wrong rooms for the last year. And I just want to point that out as another thing that I've um, not necessarily done wrong, but aware that it can happen. I could be busy in multiple networking events. And if they're the wrong client for me or the wrong client for believe crew, I'm in the wrong room. I'm wasting my time. Or if they're, even if they're not don't, the room doesn't have your clients in it. If they don't Mm -hmm. have the power partners, Mm -hmm. because that's, I find the other thing that people struggle with is 
when you map out your power partner, who you think is your power partner may not actually right. be the people referring to you. Right? right. And, and I had this, I actually had this conversation not too long ago when we were talking about power partners, cause I started thinking about it and I was like, who I think should be my power partner aren't the people that are actually referring to me. <laughs> That's really interesting. <laughs> So then you have to start digging uh-huh. into who are the people that are actually referring to you and then start dialing in that. Right. Um, and I found funny enough, I found that not necessarily, even though they're referring to me and they're referring quality people to me, um, I wouldn't necessarily consider them a power partner. They just like this person happened to be a power partner, but her job title, whatever that might be, wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily always be in front of my, my audience. So it's not even necessarily like, Hey, X, Y, Z always in that industry refers to me. What I'm finding is that, how do I say this? I'm not sure everyone sees themselves as a power partner. I'm not sure if the concept is new, but somehow we either go into rooms looking for ourselves so much, or I'm not sure exactly what it is about it, but there has definitely been an awareness that even if I see myself as a power partner and I'm connecting, I'm a unique connector and I know that, and I'm good with that. Yeah. Not everyone is called to have that same role. They're not called to be the referral partner. They're called to be a business bestie that I put pajamas on and I call an event, you know, right. and they are not going to send me clients just heads up. Yeah. And <laughs> and they might, and it may not even be like, it's not something that's purposeful. I will say Correct. that I'm right. one of the worst referral partners, not because I don't refer people. I do. Confession. Yes. Confession time. Like I do refer people and could I be much more consistent about that? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that whole follow-up of, okay, like out of, you know, I'm sending out these 19,000 referrals. There's mm-hmm. so much other stuff going on in my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> that right. somebody else's business tends to fall down. Mm. That's where the lead generation consistency falls off, right? When we're, when we're relying yeah. on other people to send us people. Now, one of the things that works really well though, is using other people's audiences. So mm-hmm. things like affiliate marketing, where your person has the same audience you do. You guys don't, mm. it, it's the idea concept around a power partner, but this person has developed their audience. Like they've developed an email list. They've spent years and years and they're willing to share it with you for whether right. it's a cut of your commission or just because you're a referral partner and they they want to. Um, in order to do that, you need to be able to provide something really juicy to them, mm-hmm. like just really valuable to their audience before someone's going to be willing to step in and say, hey, you know, Jamie's got this training. If you don't, mm-hmm. you have to be able to provide something that's going to really connect with them. So who is your ideal client? So what's interesting is all of our coaches have a slightly different ideal client, right? Because some of them are, um, so Believe Crew's ideal client in a way is people looking to become coaches, leaders, right. you know, wanting to be a part of Believe Crew because we do um, a mix of experience-based coaches and um, faith-based healers. So we've kind of this interesting mix. So that's our ideal client, but they tend to start coming towards us when they start, when, you know, when we're out there enough with right. other coaches 
it's like, oh, wait, I want to be a part of that instead of doing my own thing. Right. So I really don't have to advertise that too much. Um, it's more for the coaches themselves and getting them in a place. How do they get clients consistently coming in that, uh, that maybe Belief Crew is attracting, but is it more that they have to attract their own client? I mean, there's kind of this interesting um mix here because some of the coaches are more healer based, like they're dealing with trauma. We have a trauma based coach. We have a love and money coach, you know, so then how do I bring people towards believe crew without saying we have an all in one solution? You know, I have leadership coaches. I have, <laughs> yeah, know? honestly, you, so you have a couple of, you need multiple funnels yeah, okay. or a really freaking good quiz. One or the other, right? Like um, a quiz that can really delineate where they should go within the funnel. Even with a quiz, you're going to want a backup funnel to go with it, right? Like if they're spiritual, like they, they're spiritual right. in nature, then you're going to want some kind of training or some kind of download or something to go along with that. But that quiz can like, it's, do you, have you ever heard of the ASK method? Ryan Levesque's ask, mm -mm. ask method. Okay. So tell me, tell me more. So Ryan Levesque created, I don't know that he necessarily created, but he's the guru behind the ask method. The ask method is really all about quizzes. It's bringing them on, asking them a question, and then delineating by their answer where they need to go in your pipeline. Mm. And then at the end of that pipeline, they get some kind of answer to the quiz or they get like another training or a VSL or something along those lines that'll really warm them up to the next step in the funnel. So that's one aspect. The problem with your business and that specific is that again, what's the question, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, it's been it's, a real struggle. Yeah. yeah. It's there's so many like you, are you missing fulfillment in your life? I will tell you, everybody is missing fulfillment in your life, in their life. And right. if you ask that question, it's just not grounded enough to get people to. Right. Right. So, sure. Sure. What does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we, we, with the quiz, it can be, we just have to dial in a really, really good mm -hmm. question that will cross the lines, right? Whether that's business or life or whatever. The other opportunity is just to create multiple funnels for each of those people, because you need to be able to meet people where they're at. Right. Where you want right. Them to go, right. right. So you use the word funnel and maybe all of your yeah. listeners know what this means, but can you explain to me what it means to you? Yeah. So a funnel is just a customer journey, right? Okay. It's taking people. I like to correlate, um, marketing to dating, right? So we take them through the different stages of dating. In my world, there's five stages of dating. There's the introduction phase, the flirting phase, the dating phase, commitment phase, and then keeping the romance alive. Right? I love this. I've not heard this version. This is the best. If you have a visual, I'll take it. Yeah, I do. I do. I I'll have visuals it. for this. Um, so it's really just about taking them through a warm up journey so that they get to the point where commitments, where they buy, keeping the romance alive is where you keep marketing to them. Because I will tell you this, my friend, just because they bought from you doesn't mean you continue, don't continue to market for them, especially with your company, right. because right. this right. coach, when they're done with this coach, right. they may want to move on to this coach kind of thing. Right. Right. Um, so a funnel in the simplest terms is we start with the introduction. So in the introduction phase where, where I start my clients is really 
designing out who your ideal client is, what you want them to be doing, like really deep diving into that piece of it. For me, that's the introduction because you need to know who you're introducing yourself to first mm. before you step into the next phases. The flirting phase is really all about content development, which in, because we focus on funnels and ads primarily in my company, we use ads to lift that content and get it out into, so visibility ads, get it out into the general population so that your people aren't creating 900,000 content pieces a day. Right, right, right. Right. So, so let's go back to the ads that you create. Yeah. Um, where are you primarily showcasing those ads or what types of ads are you referring to? So for us in, in our business, we use Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Those are the nice. three plat three slash four because Facebook owns Instagram. Um, those right. are the platforms that we work in and it depends on where our client needs to be, right? Some, some are, their ideal clients are going to be on Facebook. Others are going to be YouTube. It's psychographics, demographics, all of that kind of stuff will determine that. Right. Um, so this is beautiful visual for me. I mean, because ultimately we're creating a lot of content right now because I'm podcasting, we're turning those into different clips and it's not, it's not converting. And ultimately it's putting out content that we want out there. And I, and I love podcasting, so I'm not going to give yeah. up, you know, a form of, yeah. of what we're doing. But at the same time, if I think about what are the other people doing on Facebook that I'm sure is working, is they're sponsoring ads and it's the same thing that I'm seeing over and over because then I recognize it again. And I'm exactly. like, oh, there it is. Versus if I see different content all the time, there's no connection that this is the same. Exactly. It's interesting. the follow through line of that. Right. It's also the point behind that is also there used to be this theory that it took seven to 12 touches for right. a sale. In this day and age, it's hundreds. Wow. And ads can get you in front of just, just because of the amount, the volume, right? right? Those seven to 12 touches, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, were by phone or in person or on the TV right. or whatever. Right. The amount of information people consume through social media, you have to get in front of them over and over and over again. And that's where ads help. Like you said, mm -hmm. if you're seeing that same piece of content, the first time you went, Okay, that's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The second time you're like, maybe yeah. I need to watch more of this. And then yeah. you're, and that's that's kind of that's where the visibility ads come in. Yeah. Secondary to that, when you're running ads, is your lead generation. And this is all going to depend on what your purpose is, whether it's a download or a webinar or a quiz, or there's a million different kinds. And the third right. layer of ads are retargeting ads. Those are designed to bring people into a sales call or buy your course or whatever that piece might be. Mm -hmm. So those are the, the ads. The flirting phase is where we do those content. The reason that the introduction phase is so important is because we want that content to meet the people where they're at, where your ideal client is at. I was talking to um, a client last week about their strategy and they have, they've had really great success, but they have two avatars. One of the avatars is who they really want to get in front of. Mm -hmm. 
But some of the content they were creating was a little, was directed towards that second, that first avatar that maybe didn't have the funds to buy from them. And so when we started talking about the content, we had to dial in that, like, what is this second avatar? The one that we know has money (laughs) and is struggling and needs you a lot. Like, what are, what are they struggling with? What are their pain points? So that's what the introduction phase really dials in. Flirting phase is getting your content out there. The Mm -hmm. dating phase is about your lead generation. This is where you're offering them something of value, whether that's a training or a download, an ebook, a quiz, something that they need or want Mm -hmm. enough to give you their email address. And then in that is an email sequence, nurture sequence, being able to stay in front of your, your target audience and getting them to take that next step, which is commitment. And that's buying from you, whatever that means in your Mm -hmm. world. And then for us, I always encourage my clients to have a fifth stage, which is keeping the romance alive. That's really staying in front of those people that already know, like, and trust you. Right. You may have a scalable offer where you can give them the next level. You may just have something where they are bringing in people to you, right? Where they become your referral partners. So, I mean, that's, that's really, when we talk about a funnel, that's, what, what mm-hmm. we're really designing as a customer journey. There's a couple of things that have really stood out to me in what you've said and the keeping the romance alive one, it's probably, you know, just the wording of it alone is um, good. But I do believe that, especially for belief crew and many companies that have that higher, I mean, one of the companies that I used to run was a high-end furniture and design store. And the owner was actually my dad. I was always involved in family business prior to this one. And he would, I think it's so frustrated that I was constantly retargeting the same person. Yeah. And I, I knew that our best customers became better customers. Exactly. (laughs) They they brought their friends in, they bought when they did the next room. Sometimes it took a couple of years, but they were always our best customers. I mean, I, I, and that's the thing. Once someone starts buying from you to begin with, they continue Mm -hmm. buying. It's why, and this. I wouldn't suggest doing this necessarily at the phase you're at, right. but that's right. where a tripwire can come in. It's that little mm-hmm. piece of, hey, buy this thing. You're not ready to buy our big thing. Buy this small thing, $40, $60, mm-hmm. $20, whatever. Um, but that little tripwire creates a buyer. Right. Once they've right. bought from you, if whatever you gave them is valuable enough, they'll step into the next purchase. So I'm going to kind of break this down a little bit in different ways in my brain. and. Um, one is that I know that I'm building a bigger company than just me, right? right? Like I know this from the beginning and yet every piece of marketing along the way and like creating the sales funnel. I mean, I've stared at a whiteboard and said, okay, we need a sales funnel, but I don't really understand what I'm talking about or a marketing funnel. Right. And it's like the words are all there, but my brain hasn't really connected all of them, especially specific to my industry. So I love that you can say all these words and they roll off your tongue, you know, with ease (laughs) (laughs) because I get concepts, but I don't actually know where to put the, put the words into the, to the paragraph Yeah, (laughs) to even pretend. Um, because you've talked about things like a tripwire or retargeting or downloads and, and ads and, and all of those things are something that I know maybe eventually at some point, but how do I, how do you, first of all, if you were to work ideal, ideal here. Yeah. If you were to say, you know what? I know we can create an amazing 
seven figure business, you know, multiple six yeah. figure, seven figure business for you. Um, let's start with having a budget of X, Y, Z, or let's start with you. What are some of the starter points of awareness that you would love for people like me to be aware of? So we start with what I call a marketing intensive. Okay. And this is where I help you create that marketing plan, right? Mm -hmm. Of all yeah. of the pieces that you need to have and, and create the funnel and the value later, all of that kind of stuff. And so you just like all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm going to just double check that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, um, so that's where we generally start with our clients. That being said, for budgets, when we talk about budget for your marketing, you're wanting to spend 10 to 30% of your overall expected mm. budget on your marketing. Now I say that, and I, I talked to someone about a year ago. And when I said it, she's like, I have a million dollar business. You're telling me I have to spend, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in ads. I said, no, I said mm -hmm. on your marketing, which mm -hmm. is a whole layered effect, right? Branding photos, it's, video, yeah, networking, it's all of those mm -hmm. things are part mm -hmm. of your marketing. Now I do suggest you have an ad budget and that's mm -hmm. The budget is going to be, term, be determined by what you want to accomplish within that and also who your target market is. Mm. Sometimes if it's a more competitive market, your cost per lead is higher. Like it just mm. is. Like if you're, if you're, we'll just use big names because people know who they are. If you're directly competing against Tony Robbins, mm -hmm. he's got more budget than you do. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to spend more money in order to get his people into mm -hmm. your funnel. Right. And so those are the kind of things that that we can can figure out. But ad budget is just dependent on what we want and what we think your cost per lead will be mm -hmm. on average. Again, this is very variable depending on what type of lead magnet you have. I still appreciate hearing the numbers because it gives my brain something to work on. Yeah. Otherwise I have nothing tangible. You know, like if I was building, I talk about this, use this example. If I was building a burger business and, you know, I, I would talk to my vendors and I would say, Hey, can you send me some samples of what the wrappers could look like? You know, and they'd give me some wrapper samples and I'd be like, no, I don't really like the quality of this one. You know, you wrap a hamburger in and it just, you know, gets messy right away, whatever. But in these the worlds that we're in where there's a lot of service-based industry, service-based stuff. Um, I don't have tangible things yeah. that I can talk about or look at. So if you can even give yeah. me numbers or yeah. like anything that helps my brain. So if we, sorry about the background there. It's totally fine. So if we think about like your marketing budget, if we go to 10 to 30% of your overall right. budget, if you are, we're going to use easy numbers because math. Thank right? you. So if you have a hundred thousand dollars a year, you're mm -hmm. going to use about $10,000 of that budget on your marketing. Right. That can be broken down in a multitude of ways. So $10,000 or 10,000, sorry, $100,000 a year is about eight grand a month ish. Right. Right. So you're talking about $800 a month ish in marketing. Right. Studies. Right. That can also be used, like maybe you sell really well in the first quarter. So you're doing a whole lot of marketing in the fourth quarter of the year prior so that you can hit those sales goals in the first right. quarter. So you use most of your marketing budget in one quarter or another. So you can like load, front load what you need. Based on the cycle of yeah. the business. Yeah. So Very I cool. know in my business, I know 
I don't do a lot of selling July and August. Like there's just not a lot of clients coming in the door in July and August. Most people are out doing their summer stuff, whatever that is. Um, So I do a lot of marketing in July and August so I can sell September, October, November. (laughs) So it's kind of front loading that. I also know I don't sell a ton in December. Again, holidays, people drop off the planet, but January is huge. Go time. Yeah. Yeah. Go time. So it's really learning what your sales cycles are, where you Mm -hmm. need to focus that budget. Now, here's the thing about marketing that a lot of people don't realize. It takes on average about three months before whatever marketing effort you did actually comes to fruition. Can you say that again for me? Yep. It takes about three months, about 90 days for whatever mm-hmm. marketing activity you did to mm. actually produce results. So I want to think about that from my own perspective. And and I started my podcast September 1st. And in early October, I recorded with someone that her podcast ended up getting 500 views on YouTube. So that's one of our top ones compared to, you know, like our normal was 15 to 20. Right. And, um, we got a client from that in November or December. So September, October. Yeah. I want to say it was really close. I mean, your numbers are really close. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to vary from person to person, but Mm -hmm. that's an average, especially as you're getting started. So one of the things I know that a lot of business owners think is that I'm going to throw up an ad and I'm going Mm -hmm. to immediately make a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's painful when you think that and it doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen. And 90% (laughs) of the time it doesn't happen. 10 years ago, it happened. Right. Right. those big gurus that you see right. that made all of those money, all of right. that money 10, 15 years ago, that's how they did it. But that process yeah. doesn't necessarily equal out. I'm not saying that it doesn't at all, because depending mm-hmm. on your niche and your audience and all of that kind of stuff, we had a client mm-hmm. recently that um, we launched her, her last launch in January, she created $40,000. It was the first time she ever run ads. Like it wow. was, yeah. So you were just like, Hallelujah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, it is. It's totally a hallelujah. Like, oh my God. You know, you get yes. so excited for them. That's that's an anomaly. That's not mm-hmm. an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing that the gurus out there don't necessarily tell you, right? They tell mm-hmm. you the anomalies of right. this is how right. I made a million dollars. I was so thinking about this the other day because, you know, you see those social ads, maybe I'm the only one seeing them, where they're like, I had a five uh, figure launch or a 10K launch or whatever. And I was like, oh my word, they could have gone for 18 months with nothing and stacked it, stacked it, stacked it to have a one day event. Yep. And then they use that one day to create promos for, yep. you know, how they should be the person that you should follow. 90% <laughs> of the time, that is exactly what happened. All That's of awful. those, all of those, those gurus out there that say I've, I have five, six, seven figure launches. Right, I'm right, not right. discounting that they do. They absolutely right. do. I'm, they're not lying. However, right. They've been in the industry for five or 10 years running right, launches. Right, right. If you looked at their first or second launch, I can guarantee you it wasn't right. five or six figures. Right. Like they were right. probably lucky to break even. So and when the important we- part in that too is just even for business owners, for all of us to be aware that I, I for myself, a reminder, um, I can only start where I am. And I know those words are so yeah. cliche and I, and I hear them and I know them, but 
looking at where I am sometimes, and we, we held space. We have a community for belief crew, um, coaches and clients and people interested in being part of the, the conversations. And we held space for over six months for people to join us in those conversations. Yeah. I mean, and when someone did, it was, it was like, yay. <laughs> so the biggest thing that you, you can really do to, to get sales and to get revenue, cause that's what we're all really looking for is get really intentional about how you're bringing people into your funnel, mm. your customer journey. That front piece, that front thing that they are downloading, learning, doing has to be, um, it has to set them up to be ready to step into a buying thing. And I think that's one of the, that's another piece that a lot of business owners mistake is when mm. they're putting out their lead magnet, it's oftentimes maybe three or four steps away from what it is they're actually selling, right? Mm. So I always like to use the the analogy of a sales coach, right? If you're selling them sales, right? They need to make more money, that kind of thing. Offering them a mindset shift lead magnet mm. isn't going to do it because that's not what they're worried about. Right. The people you get in that mindset may need like five or six walking steps to get to the sales. What they're worried about is I can't sell. So it is mm -hmm. much better to give them like their problem, their micro problem. You're only trying to fix a small thing. So maybe it's the, you know, five closes that will close a sale in 10 minutes, right? Those kind of things, or a training of how to close your next deal in 30 seconds or whatever that, that is. Something that's closer to it what they're to actually a selling. Direct line to what you're selling. Mm. If you have to walk them through this whole menagerie of a roller coaster, mm -hmm. you're going to lose more people along the way. I'm not going to say you're never going to make sales because you you right. will, but you're going to lose right. more people along the way. So it has to be a very direct line. So I'll be vulnerable. We didn't have, we're working on it currently. So I could still say we don't have at the time of this recording or um, podcast here is a book a call, like a find out more button on our website. Yeah. <laughs> like a very simple, like every coach has a discovery call, book a call. Mm -hmm. But what we realize that a piece that might be missing is what if people don't know who they want to work with? Yes. And so very yeah. simply, you know, what I'm hearing you say is like that direct line. And I just remember one of our team members, Rachel, she's beautiful. And she's just like, I feel like this is a piece we've been missing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. We, oh, we overcomplicate things all the time as business owners. Like yeah. we're thinking 50,000 steps ahead and yeah. realistically we need it to be simple. We yeah. need yeah. there, if it is too complicated, um, I was, uh, again, another, a previous uh, client conversation, they launched a, a training a couple of months ago in their process, they had to fill out this long form to decide whether or not they were eligible for mm -hmm. the training. While I get their perspective of right. we really wanted to have high quality people in the training so that we could sell them. Right. The opposite side of that is they lost a lot of people that didn't fill out the application. They don't even know right. how many people they lost that didn't fill out the application because they got to the application. And after two questions, they were like, I'm out. If it's too many questions, I'm out. I just, right? I don't have the capacity for that. Yeah. So, um, so we need to make it simple 
And yet our targeting also, our message, our targeting, our creatives, all of those things need to be really laser focused mm -hmm. into who it is we want to work. Which bringing it back to your your collective means you need multiple mm -hmm. ways for them to step in. Right, right. Because Which I think we're creating. I think the piece that we're missing more is like you said, that the more obvious, the more direct, you know, I think we've kind of gone big picture and, um, you know, created lots of different ways for them to find us or, you know, hear about us or, but not necessarily a very clear way for them to get in contact with us. In a yeah. very clear, and, and the ads piece, um, to be honest, I had great success with social ads in the past with different businesses that I was involved in. And yet I didn't know where to start anymore. You know, there's just so many pieces to social that change so quickly. It does. You know, it yeah. used to be really easy to do Google there's ads or Facebook easy. ads or yep. something. There is nothing easy about ads anymore. <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, and so there was just that overwhelm shut down of like, I mean, oh, it was beautiful. One business that we had, I tried for three months to do um, the marketing that seemed like it would be good marketing. It was an antique mall that we were launching. And I did outreach to reach out to customers to see if they would be interested in coming in. Mm, not really any interest. And I put an ad in an antique magazine because I thought, well, hey, it's an antique mall magazine, it antique, you know, like yeah. vendors. This makes total sense. Nothing crickets for three months. And then we went on Facebook and did a leads ad mm -hmm. on Facebook. I had 55 leads in one week. I had to shut it down. It was $10 to run the ads at that time. Um, no, I'm not dating myself. That's just literally how fast technology changes. Yes, I that did do true. radio ads in the day and I did do <laughs> newspaper ads and I actually had an ad in the phone book. <laughs> so I can date myself, but this was just technology, you know, yeah. like, and so it was so beautiful. And I'm, I, and I know that that's possible again for us in it belief is. crew. Yeah. And yet I'm like, Oh my word, how, where with socials and ads the way that they are. So you know, obviously, um, we'll be having more conversations, <laughs> but for anyone out there, is it even possible to do it yourself anymore? Like it is possible. So just... I created a solution to this problem in my business, right? Okay. So we created a program where we bring people on and we do, we do it for them. We do all, right. of, all of that stuff. And then I have a training program where they learn how to take over from where right, I right. left off. I did that because of that. There are courses mm -hmm. out there that you can take and getting started is the hardest part mm. because people are scared. Like it's the idea of like, do I have, what do I do? All of that kind of stuff. Right. So if I get everything started for them, get it all, you know, broken down, created, and then mm -hmm. they take the, they have the ads course where they can learn how to do it, do what I did and take over from there. Right, right. It kind of negates that fear because that's the biggest problem. It's possible to DIY. It is possible. Right. And how much time and energy and effort do you want to do? Do you want to spend doing that is the question. It's crazy. And I'm really glad that you point out that that is, you know, how you've approached this. And that, so then I'll tell you the second fear. The second fear that comes up is, okay, what is the one piece of content that is working. You know, like back in the day, I used to be able to take a picture or a photo because it was a very product-based business. Mm -hmm. 
And content is going to work better than pictures and photos. 99%. You said video content. Yeah. Video content. So whether that's your podcast, you have a podcast on YouTube and you have a two minute clip that we use. And that's an ad that becomes an ad. That video becomes an ad. The video becomes a visibility ad. Um, And then if you have a lead generation, whatever that is, that becomes a separate campaign. So you think about it though. I mean, I just want to walk through the steps of just creating that two minute video because creating content that is relevant to, you know, whatever, again, make it direct. Like you're saying, am I supposed to just talk? Because in a podcast, I can have a conversation. It's so much easier than creating video. Like I, I, it can be bored. It can be both. Like, honestly, it all depends on what your, your end goal is. Like if you're Mm -hmm. having a conversation with somebody and there's a, a section that you're like, this is really great conversation. (laughs) I have to be able to say this about myself, right? Right. (laughs) Or you have, I had somebody else go through my podcast and clip. That's better. That's what they were like, cause I, this 10 seconds, this 40 seconds. I was like, that's so much better than me. Yeah. But yeah, if you like, there's two minutes or less is what we're Mm -hmm. looking for. You can go up to five but it becomes harder for people. Like they drop off at about two minutes. So two minutes or less piece of content. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be a conversation. It all depends on what the the goal is. So for you, right. if we're going to do a piece of your podcast, that's a conversation between you and your coach or whatever, we would use that to drive traffic to either your business page or to your podcast growth, your YouTube mm. channel or something like that. So those are the, those are the options of what we would do with it. Um, if you're asking them to do something, like if there's a call to action at the end of sign up for this webinar or download this thing, then it needs to be you talking. Like you just, mm-hmm. you get to go, you know, my avatar, you know, whatever their avatar, you know, coaches, are you struggling with five things, whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my webinar is going to show you exactly how to clear that up. Kind of that's the layout of it. Um, so it's just, it's the quick hook. It's calling out your avatar and then inviting them to do whatever it is you want, whatever that solution is, which is generally your lead. So ad. with all of the different platforms that you're advertising on right now, which ones are your favorite and why? So Facebook targeting is better than any other platform. I always hmm. say they can target you down to your shoes. Shoe I used to love Facebook, but then I, again, I just got overwhelmed. Right. I mean, it's just- there are 5 billion users on Facebook. Wow. So you're like very few people are not on Facebook. Now, if you're trying to target seven figure business owners who um, they're likely not hanging out on Facebook because they don't have the time. That's not their platform. However, YouTube ads will hit them because they may be scrolling through um, scrolling through Google for something. If your YouTube channel is targeted properly or, you know, targeted to them, that ad pops up. Like YouTube's Mm. one of the first things if they're searching for, I don't know, um, coaching just in general, if they just put YouTube's going to be the first thing that pops up when Mm. they search for marketing or ads, like that's, that's the way um, with YouTube right now. Can you, um, can you do demographics? You can, you can do demographics. You can even place um, ads into other people. Like if you know your ideal client follows, well, again, use Tony Robbins just because he's, you know, right. you can place your ad into Tony Robbins videos, Wow, right? which is, that's, that's the power of YouTube. 
Um, LinkedIn is fantastic if you have an email list to feed it to. Mm. Their um, targeting is still in the works. It's only, I want to say like five years old. They've been running ads for like five years. So they're still growing that area. They've just like, I just logged in there the other day. I was like, oh, look at all the new things they've added. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, they really have been. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it's really great if you have an email list that you can create a lookalike audience and target, or if you can pull one from um, the LinkedIn navigator kind of thing, and you can feed that and feed it to them. So it all just depends. Those three platforms are the ones that I focus on. And I'm going to direct my clients depending on where their ideal client lives. I have a little guy that just walked in. (laughs) (laughs) So we're doing life and business together. (laughs) That's right. That is where, that is where we live. Okay. So we have been talking for a while and I want to, are there any other questions that you have or (laughs) have I just been amazingly helpful? (laughs) Okay. Awesome. I'm going to wrap this up. Um, I really appreciate you being vulnerable to the audience because I know everybody is in this perspective in this and they don't even know what questions to ask. So you've asked a lot of questions that I'm sure my audience will appreciate. For those of you out there that are looking for a strategy and you're struggling and you have the same type of questions, head over to yourmarketingmatchmaker.com and sign up for a call on the on this podcast. I would be so thrilled to dive into your marketing. Thank you for joining me today. And if you are looking to grow your business, increase your revenue and scale your impact and you're struggling, this is the place to start. Thank you for listening to the Marketing Matchmaker podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear your feedback. Please head over to Apple iTunes and leave a review so we can hear from you. And if you are a coach, consultant, or online course creator who are looking to grow your business, increase your income, and scale your impact, connect with me at yourmarketingmatchmaker.com. I look forward to hearing from you.